Before we begin, I have to give a special shout out to my newest Patreon subscriber, Kayla Wilson. Thank you so much for joining. Anyone can be a member of the Patreon. Go check it out on Patreon.com or the mobile app. I am Queen Cream Debate of the Dead in parentheses. You can type in either. I should pop up or click the link in this episode's description. Click the link on the podcast website. Click the link on the podcast Twitter. It is accessible and findable. There is already a bonus episode out and another one coming out at the end of this month, January. So go subscribe to the Patreon. Thank you and enjoy the episode. I think of it as a nightmare in progress. What is it you pray for? You are all my children now. It's an honor. Hello, and welcome to the Debate of the Dead podcast. The show where we slash apart horror movies. Um, This episode is a special one because we're talking about a classic, a mythic titan of horror. If this were Mortal Kombat, these are the literal titans. These aren't these are like above the elder gods of horror. Uh, That would be Freddy Krueger in A Nightmare on Elm Street perfect little addition for the slasher season of the show and here with me to talk about this monster of a film is returning guest you know him you love him blake Beatty. hello hey hi how you doing i'm doing great i'm ready to jump into uh discussing one of the best war films of all time Hell yeah, tis the season. Uh, well, I haven't seen this movie since last year. Um, yeah, I, it's been a while since I rewatched it as well. Uh, prior to uh, <laughs> this weekend. Well, I just I was just I, I watched it like two days ago, but I was making fun because today is January first. Oh yeah, New but, Year. Um, yeah, but um. It's a great one. It's one I've seen a lot. So I was actually, uh, I was always obsessed with Scream. Don't get me wrong. I was never not obsessed with Scream. But for a pretty decent chunk of chi- like middle childhood, uh, I was a Freddy boy all the way through and through. Like I was real, real into the Nightmare on Elm Street series. Um, and I got like real deep into the lore. It was all about Freddy. I actually got my Freddy Krueger tattoo before I got Ghostface. Um, but then Scream 5 happened and more Scream in general happened and then my life got changed and now we're back on the Scream train, baby. <laughs> but anyway, uh, my point being, I was quite obsessed with Mr. Fredward for a while and still am. What's your relationship with uh, the child murderer, not the predator from the remake? Because we just we're not talking about the remake here. Okay? <laughs> Maybe I will one day, but today is not that day. It's not her time to shine. Hey. <laughs> okay, I'll uh refrain from commenting on the remake then. But um <laughs> so 
I I think <clears throat> Freddie might be one of the he might be one of two of the um, horror icons that scared me most as a kid. Um, the other one Freddy being is Ghostface. that bitch. Um, I don't think. Yeah. Um, I don't. I I've owned all seven films plus the remake for as long as I can remember, but um. I don't think I revisited them as much as I did like Scream. Because I mean, those movies I've seen easily over a hundred times. But every time I do revisit these films, I'm like, wow, these are a lot of them are campier than others. But um, I just have such a good time like going through each of them, even the ones that people like think are really bad. I totally agree. I am so on board for even the baddest of bad. I have fun with it. I don't hold it to this like sacred pedestal. I just, I live for what it is and just go with it. Right. Um, so yeah, I mean the, the first one is I, I, I can't see how anybody would have anything negative to say about it. You know, we'll get um, there. <laughs> yeah. it's not perfect, but it's also, yeah, you know, no. there's reasons we'll get there. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, let's dive right in. Um, so Freddie is slashing bitches up. No, I'm sorry. I'm really high. We get. I'll cut that out. <laughs> so the movie starts off uh with these little horrors jumping rope. Right? Isn't that like the opening? It starts off creep creep. Um, no, oh, no, it's in like, open. It's in the alleyway, and it's got like the do 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 music. Um. Yeah, so I, I I'm watching it as I'm talking to you. Uh, I have it muted. Um, Beautiful, perfect. And it's it's no, I it's Freddie in his boiler room, and that like plays over the opening credits, right? Yeah. Do you do you consider that the first thing? Uh, I was actually gonna ask yeah, a question I guess about so. this. Yeah, please um, ask. I am open to all questions and interpretations. Like. I, I'm just curious as to why it's playing out in a smaller format than, you know, the rest of the film. Like, obviously, yeah. the credits are rolling, but they continue to roll as we go into for, uh, full screen. That's so, true. I was, Maybe, like, they thought it was going to be scarier. I don't know. I mean, it is effective. For sure. It's that itty bitty square be big scary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we open pretty much on Tina, played by Amanda yeah. Wes. I always forget if it's Weiss or Wes. I think it's Wes. Like 99%. Well, I have uh, Amanda Weiss, Wes. I guess it's just based on how she wants it pronounced and I just watched the director's commentary and I'm pretty sure they kept saying Wes. So we'll just go with it for the sake of the narrative. (laughs) So Tina Gray, the character, and she's in like this alleyway. It's like dark. It's a little creepy. You've got this weird 80s techno horror drama music going on. She's in this like oversized uh, baseball jersey kind of t-shirt moment. And it's very like symbolic of the times for sure like 
it, it gives it that 80s 80s charm everybody's so hungry for these days um you're talking about the first thing she's in a nightgown oh is she not in a baseball jersey i thought she was in like a button-up baseball jersey kind of moment she wakes up i haven't gotten there yet <laughs> but no she she is running down the hallway as you said um right and i'm sure of where she is right off the bat we see the monster himself freddy krueger he has quite uh an iconic entrance i would say yeah i was i was thinking this the other night at my um hmm him in that boiler room is probably the one of the images that is most synonymous with his yeah. name. Um, it is. It's just him in that boiler room are pretty uh, effective and scary as hell. Yeah, and like I've seen that, I've seen this that movie. line. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I was just saying that line where he. Uh, holds up his glove and goes this is god like that resonated forever i haven't forgot that since i was like seven years old <laughs> yeah he he de- he has some great dialogue in all of these films he definitely does freddie freddie's the star that's the thing like we love nancy don't worry worry we are not here to be little nancy at all but for the most part if as the if, a nightmare on elm street franchise freddy krueger is the star and by extension robert england because he has always portrayed freddy and he put so much personality into this character to make it feel like a real villain and not just a generic um hockey mask wearing machete wielding silent killer uh not that that's ever been done in horror before ever but Freddie had an identity because he could speak and he like always had a cynical nature to him. And it wasn't until the sequels that he got like full on camp goof. But in this first movie, he's, he's pretty menacing to as like, I mean, like you can sit here and be like, he's not that scary of a movie, but like as a concept and like put yourself in Nancy's shoes and these kids shoes at that age. And if this was happening to you, like it's pretty menacing. Yeah, I was watching the other night. I agree with you. Um, I was watching the other night, and I was, I like we both said, it's been a while since we've watched it. But um, I was watch, uh, I was watching the film, and I was just like, wow, this really like everyone here is, or every character here for the most part is really fleshed out, really like three dimensional, like, and it felt like a character I, yeah. study of like. Nancy's Wes Craven parent. does characters yeah. so fucking well, really well, and and like in opposition to Scream, where like we only re- really get to know the villains for like the last ten fifteen minutes of the film, we get a very very um just rich story about Freddy Krueger throughout this film, and um yeah, I don't I don't know. If there's a another, well, no, there are there are other horror icons that have just as rich a story to them, but this was one of the first. 
if not yeah. the first that yeah, had a um, sure. really uh, deep story behind and it's, it's, why they are the way that they are. And it's it's a testament to Wes Craven and his abilities because he wrote and directed this thing and he uh like he directed these people so well he found good actors to act the parts out because Heather Langenkamp as Nancy is amazing and she they like you said they make it feel real they feel like fleshed out people and it's it's Nancy's face off with Freddie that we kind of are here for and we root for and another thing Wes does really well is female empowerment and it, this movie is all about girl yes. power, baby <laughs> yes uh, but totally. I mean, what I he was like the greatest champion of women in his films. Um, yeah, I agree. Yes, a truly, truly amazing, cannot be understated. And uh, we so we see some pretty good shots of Freddie at the beginning to give us enough of the threat to be like, oh damn, that's that's what we up against. All right, all right, because he he kind of. He because they still knew to shield the monster. Don't sh- play all your hands. Uh, play your whole hand at once. So they he like if you add it up, I right. think Freddie only has like uh, I don't have the exact number off the top of my head, but it's only like four or five minutes of screen time total. In the whole film, yeah, Freddie has I mean, way the, less obviously... screen time than you think. Obviously, it's effective if I'm sitting here, you know, having a reaction like I am. I thought he was in it for way more than that. Um, but I mean, there are certain directors that know that Wes is more, and Wes Craven at times very much knew that and um, used uh, it seven minutes to his favor as a filmmaker. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's just it's. It's it's so good. It's so good. And and instantly th- iconic because he's not wearing a mask, but he's got that burnt face. So it's still distinguishable. And you remember what Freddie looks like. He's got the hat. He's got a unique weapon in the finger knives. It's still like blades, but it's it's a very signature weapon. Ain't nobody else rocking the finger knives like fucking Freddie. Leave me alone. Wolverine stands. This is not your place. This is a horror yeah. podcast. I'm not mm-hmm. even talking about your world. <laughs> but uh yeah so freddy krueger is just out here doing the oh and not to mention the fucking red and green sweater kelly Rowland knows uh, it oh yeah um <laughs> i mean would freddy be freddy without that sweater that i don't know i i think it's too it's there's so much about i mean all, all the the titans they all have signature weapons and in looks you know jason's got his hockey mask and machete Mm -hmm. he doesn't he kind of has a similar outfit i don't know what i'd really call it because it does kind of change from like jumpsuity to like jackety i don't know but michael he's always got that blue jumpsuit and that white mask and he usually is using a butcher knife so i mean it's always the signature style weapon and motif that makes the character i mean like when you make a character so distinguishable and and iconic and in its horror it's fantasy we root for these villains because it's fun sometimes and depends on which movie and who you ask but it's just it's like instant market i mean no wonder he became a pop culture 
dominatrix for years and years and years. I mean, people still to this day, children have never seen a Freddy, a Nightmare on Elm Street movie, never seen a horror movie, still know who Freddy Krueger is just because pop culture. Rick and Morty's making fun of it. The Simpsons probably made fun of it at some point. Like all this, you know, the show, it, it's all over. You can't escape. Yep. I mean, Freddie is like, uh, yeah, I mean, I knew about him long before I ever saw A Nightmare on Elm Street. And you're, I mean, you're right. Like, he is a huge piece of pop culture, at least in America. Um, he, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know how to articulate further because you just described it per- perfectly. So, yeah, um, it's, it's, this is truly a great film. I, I'm, this film was registered to the 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 library, like the National Library of Congress, whatever it is. It, I don't know what it is, but it was registered because it's just such a classic and iconic film. Uh, but then Tina wakes up from her nightmare. We see this was a dream she was having, being stalked by burnt pizza face, Freddy Krueger, butter knives yep. over here. And in walks her mom mm-hmm. and either like her boyfriend. It was her boyfriend. Um, then it seems like her mom is not very attentive to her. Um, yeah, that's that is that's a trope like, in this movie for sure is bad parents. Like all of the children have the shitty yeah. parents. And they're all paying for their parents' actions. Yes, yes, sins, sins of the mother. It's a, uh, absolutely. So they, yeah, and then they go to school next day. We meet the friend group. Uh, so you know we've got Tina, who we who we've met, and you know the movie opens with her. So in a way, they're ooh, what was that voice crack? Jesus, I promise I've finished puberty. In a way, they uh kind of do the final girl fake out moment. Because we open with Tina and her nightmare. So we're thinking, oh, she's final girl. But as we will quickly come to find out, that is not correct. Anyway, we've got Tina and her boyfriend, Rod. Yeah, um, I, that, that is, I, yeah. Um, uh, sorry, I got tongue-tied. Uh, Tina being a fake out is a very effective, like, introduction as what we think is the final girl it's like it was really effective i mean it's kind of like drew barrymore in scream yeah so, to, like, it's, it's in a similar essence for sure and uh, it's pretty shocking when she dies and she doesn't like it's not much longer after the first 15 minutes that she's gone um and it happens really quickly and i I did not really remember that. I thought she was in much more of the film than she was. And so I was pretty surprised when um, when I was rewatching and she was just gone in like the first 15 minutes. Zapped. Uh, yeah, it's pretty wacko cracko. But um, so we've got Tina and her boyfriend, Rod, who wears a leather jacket. We've got the friends. Uh, Nancy, our actual final girl, however, we don't know it yet at this point, played by Heather Langenkamp, and her boyfriend, Glenn, 
played by are you ready folks johnny motherfucking depp and introducing come on first film role yeah. never forget where you came from mr jack sparrow willy wonka fucking whatever else he does nowadays And he can't yeah, lose a nightmare uh, six. So, but uh, yeah. Anyway, so those are the done? the core four. Yeah, he. Uh, there's a scene where Freddie like hits him with a frying pan on a television commercial, and he has like a five second cameo. Wow, I think I'm gonna rewatch all of these Do this it. week or in the next couple weeks. But they're um, all like, you know, doing yeah, the key but, uh, at the water fountain thing. This is a... Very Scream. However, Scream came after, so like Scream was very Nightmare. <laughs> uh, I, I know. All... I kept I kept making like Scream references as I was watching. And then I was like, that came after. Uh, <laughs> these are the Scream actually references. Nightmare on Elm Street quite a bit. I've got it backwards. Yep. And uh, they're they're like chit chatting by the fountain, and then the 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 rhyme, the infamous Freddy Krueger nursery rhyme, is being sung, and this is how they like figure out that they're dreaming of the same nightmare man. Yep. Um, but like none of them are. Um, they're not really taking it that seriously seriously at this point. yeah like, yeah and when, like to be fair do they need to i mean who hasn't had a nightmare and like yeah it's weird you know so like the threats being established and like we the audience know we're watching a horror movie so we know shit's gonna get real and that's what the plot is gonna be but these characters don't so i i could understand cautiously suspicious that was a lot of ma- maybe but collective dreaming that that i i, I don't i don't know yeah, if somebody told me that they had this, ahead, like, sorry. I explained a dream and they were like, oh my god, I dreamt the same thing. I'd be like, okay, so this work. That's crazy. <laughs> okay. Cool. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> and then, okay, so after the this little fountain chit-chat scene, do we then go to the house? Uh, it's not a party. It's just a gathering of these four friends. Uh, I believe it's at Tina's house and her parents are out of town. So, you know, they chill in. They're doing a little drinky, drinky, a little smoky, smoky. You know, they hang. <laughs> they hang. Yeah. Out. They doing what 80s kids do. Getting into trouble. Putting on the fucking tunes on the jukebox. <laughs> or no, the boombox. Yeah. Sorry. The boombox. Um, what an icon. Iconic piece of technology. Yeah, and then I think they have more uh, t- dream talk. Uh, and then Rod wants to take Tina upstairs because he's trying to get it. He want to. He want a bone. So and Tina want it too. So they're like, they go into bone, which leaves Glenn and Nancy downstairs alone. Yep, and Tina asked her not to leave. I don't think she felt completely comfortable with her boyfriend, and that um, works against him uh, shortly after that scene. But, um, yeah, so Nancy and 
Glenn are just downstairs and hanging out and being the less sexual of the two couples. Right. Um, and sorry, I'm, I'm seeing the dream talk right now, but, um, yeah. <laughs> Chaos is about to ensue. The threat is looming. Freddy Krueger's spirit is is digging its roots deeper. Ugh, yeah. And I just want to say that the um, nightmare sequences in this film fucking incredible. Like, yeah, yeah. They're some of my favorite quite in all of well work. done. And when I think of like the best, because the, I mean, this was, I don't know how prevalent CGI was back in the day. But I'm pretty sure all of this was practical. Yeah. Yeah. For the most, yeah. It's, it, it is quite practical. I mean, they, for, for Tina's death here that we pretty much get into now is uh, they built a rotating room in order yeah. to accomplish it, which is insane. And they used it again for Glenn's death later in the movie. Incredible. Uh, yeah. But yeah, um, so we, we transition into nighttime. Rod and Tina are sleeping next to each other in bed. And Tina is having another nightmare. So she starts like spazzing out in the bed, like going crazy and like having like muscle convulsions because she's freaking out. But what is actually happening is Freddie is like, attacking her and her body's reacting to it and so we as the audience are learning that if you get hurt in the dream world you get hurt in the real world which translates to if you die in your dream you ain't waking up so yeah unfortunately tina is a goner yes in an incredibly iconic borderline synonymous with the nightmare franchise kill scene tina is like she straight up levitates in the air starts like just getting tossed around the room and and rod is awake at this point just watching it all happen and he must be like he's like what the fuck am i witnessing like this is insane and like it's very unsettling like it's dark enough it feels so like real because they built this whole room and she's actually like crawling all around she's like crawling on the ceiling but it's not like a demon it's just like she's like crying out for help while just being up there it's insane and this like huge slash mark appears down her chest and blood is everywhere she plops down dead tina gone final girl didn't know her (laughs) never heard of her um yeah and rod's just like freaking the fuck out and then absolutely are completely clueless as to what's going on and then they walk in and see their friend murder murder yeah, and, they, and, and they like hear the screams and shit yeah super traumatic very was known for her and uh yeah, just oof. I'm seeing I'm watching this scene in real time and like watching her levitate 
in air and it's it's not an easy one to watch like i forgot yeah. how graphic it's pretty graphic some of these scenes are it it's it has a very sinister nature to it because freddy in general just has a very like sinister nature to him uh especially in this movie uh so yeah freddy has taken his first life of the movie uh and tina is gone so now these three kids remaining have to deal with grief of their friends dying at such a young age too they're like 17 they're like junior seniors in high school yeah and they're also having to do that while trying to save their own lives exactly Um, and and it's it's at this point you know nancy had we start to really transition into nancy being the new main character because you know she had mentioned that she was seeing dreams of the same person uh that tina mentioned and now she's fully on board because she's still having nightmares about this dude and he fully like tina know or she knows that tina wasn't like murdered by rod or like this wasn't like a freak accident you know she knows that there's something a little otherworldly about it yeah her her uh body senses are definitely tingling and um this is the point where we see her dad and learn that he's either the sheriff or just a you know prominent oh so hot um he he kind of is yeah um yeah uh we transitioned to her point of view and um know that she's not really on the same page as everybody else is about what's going on and that she um yeah it's has a lot more compassion for for tina's boyfriend um than everybody else yeah and it's a very like no one believes me situation but uh also kind of hard because you're trying to convince all these adults that you like a kid are having uh like nightmares and the dreams are what's killing people and it's kind of hard to get people on that train I'm sorry, especially you, you like cut it out adults. pretty bad i was just saying that um it's hard to convince adults from a kid's perspective that your dreams are killing you yeah uh, yeah um that is a pretty big um truth to sell What's next? We get some more character development as the movie kind of rolls on. You know, they talk about dealing with Tina's death and and they think Rod did it too. So he's kind of like, uh, I wouldn't say on the run, but definitely keeping it pretty low key because the cops are looking for him. Uh, And there's like a scene outside the school where Rod tries to talk to Nancy, but then the cops end up catching him and put him into holding where yeah. he then yeah so he's like in his holding cell and then we see or rather don't see fredward go back to work because what he does is he takes the bed sheets of the holding cell ties them in an, in a knot around rod's neck and breaks his neck and then furthermore makes it look like he hung himself so to further disprove the dream demon theories <laughs> yeah and uh, unfortunately nancy has to witness his death um and it's oh that's right they get their, like, any like, of it. 
they get there right at the last second. So after, I mean, well, after that, we learn a little bit more about Nancy's home life. So her mom and her dad are not together. Dad is the sheriff. uh, And the mom is an alcoholic galore. Like Nancy very much has to be the parent in this relationship and has and is maturing way quicker because of this because uh the mom is a very problematic drunk <laughs> in this movie yeah and like she she is really really counterproductive to um what um nancy is experiencing and uh absolutely putting putting her in more danger through her um deciding she wants to be a parent all of a sudden um, right right and and it, first it comes off as uh unfazed parent a cold parent but really it's because we come to find out that her as well as all the rest of the parents in this small town pretty much are hiding a big secret and that they killed freddy krueger when he was a human he was a convicted child murderer that was let out on a technicality and the parents did some mob justice and torched him in his uh like boiler room lair hq area yeah and then it's just so it's so weird like her mom and dad are just like gaslighting her into like thinking that what she's experiencing isn't real like yeah, how like, would she uh, i, I mean, want to believe ob- it's obvious. not for malicious reasons but at the same time they know they killed freddy krueger no. and here's your child being like i see this man in my dreams his name is freddy krueger like they even take her to the to the hospital and do like a sleep study on her and that's where we learn a pivotal rule of this universe in that like freddy can be absorbed into the real world because nancy is holding onto his hat when she wakes up and pulls it out of it uh out of her dream in the sleep study scene yep yeah and so she's starting to get more bold in her attempts to like prove to everyone that what she's experiencing is real yeah and and one of the things that makes freddy Um, so scary is he is so accessible he gets you in your dreams everybody's got to sleep you can't really avoid it and you 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 can't really control what happens in your dreams especially compared to freddy who's like the master of dreams he can he can do what he wants it's his world uh so he he's just already has this home field advantage over your psyche that makes him so much more menacing and that he can pretty much use your fears against you while also being the sadistic little fuckhead he is <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, it doesn't help that, like, lack of sleep can make a person delirious. Yeah, yeah. The boulder she's getting in her attempts to, like, prove everything that's going on, like, the crazier she seems because she's refusing to sleep. Right. um, And, and, oh, my God. I don't know where this, like, urban myth of, like, or, like, trope of, oh, you're just tired. That's why you feel this way. Like, girl, I understand lack of sleep is an issue, but sometimes bitches be going through the most and a fucking side whore loves to be like, oh, you're just tired. 
You need some sleep, some rest, yeah. a beauty nap. I'm like, bitch, no, listen to me. Seven I am telling you hours. about danger. Yeah. <laughs> mm. So Nancy concocts a plan. Uh, Two of her friends are dead. Movie is fucked up. Yep. Nancy concocts a plan. Two of her friends are yep. dead. Her the police aren't on her side. No one believes her. Her parents aren't on her side. She's pretty much alone. The only person she has is Glenn. So she's like, all right, Glenn, here's the deal. He like sneaks over through the window. Hello, Billy Loomis. And he. uh, Yeah, I uh, realized for the first time. Yeah, he he gets in there and Nancy's like, I'm gonna go to sleep. And at the moment, I start like freaking out because you know damn well i'm gonna have a nightmare and fucking kruger over here is gonna do some shit to me the moment i start like freaking out in my sleep wake me up because i'll hold on to him pull him out of the dream we've got him in the real world you whack the fucker and we got him (laughs) yeah um i mean it sounds like a pretty good plan honestly in my opinion i yeah like it is it is it is decent like it's not bad considering the limited circumstance and pretty much that you don't really have a lot of time because you can only, he can only toy with you for so long before you like start going like Nancy is pretty insane from lack of sleep and all that. So she goes to sleep, does her thing. And what does Glenn do? The shit. He fell asleep. So he didn't wake Nancy up at the prime moment and therefore, no Freddy out of dream experience. Yeah, and instead, Glenn dies. <laughs> yeah. So, is it the same night, or does another day go by? No, no, no. There, I'm watching them talk on the phone right now, and um, they're, you know, coordinating and planning. And then uh, she calls um him back. Um, and her parents know that she's in a like altered state than she normally is mm-hmm. and um, they tell her that she'll have to talk to him tomorrow and then they leave the phone off the hook so she can't get a hold of it um, yeah Glenn's parents she are can't not get a hold of him it. Glenn's parents are having no, no not at all and it's kind of it's pretty harsh but like at least the dad is I think the mom tries to be reasonable but whatever they're harsh as fuck to Nancy and it's, you hate to see it, but it only makes Nancy stronger. So she comes out on top and uh, there's also a point in time in between yeah. like this, around this moment where Na- uh, Rennie, Nancy's mom puts bars on all the windows of the house, which small little aside, I have been to the nightmare house. It's not too far away from where I live. But uh, when I visited LA to move here, I went to it and it's so cool. It's much smaller than you would think. The movie makes it look huge. It is not. It is actually quite a tiny house. I was very surprised by that. Uh, and Glenn's house is right across the street. It's like very cute. It's cool to see. But anyway, aside over. Glenn lives right across the street. So she's got these bars in her windows. Yeah. She can't get out. She can't go out the front door because the mom's all locky locky with it and sleeping on the couch. Well, rather passed out drunk on the couch. And Glenn is another 
very 80s moment sitting on his bed listening to music with these uh giant headphones and he has a tv on his lap because it's just like this tiny little box that does images i'm sure it weighs a fuck ton though but it's just tv on the lap interesting times the 80s were how far we've come yeah and he was trying to stay up for miss nude america oh right (laughs) of course um yeah and then his parents come to check on him and tell him that he needs to go to bed or well actually they wake him up and uh, yeah because he started dozing off yeah and um tell him to like put everything up um and of course now he has nothing to uh, um you know keep his attention like keep him awake and so he very quickly falls asleep. And in a, another iconic Nightmare on Elm Street franchise kill, horror movie kill, and cinematic moment. Yeah. Glenn is pulled through the bed, a hole in the bed that just sort of like manifests via Freddy Krueger and his glove. And then blood just gushes like a literal blood geyser out of this bed onto the ceiling come on rotating room again and this like crazy ass music is playing it's very stimulating to the senses and then to make matters even worse well nancy's like knowing about this shit from across the street i don't think she quite sees it in detail but she knows that it's happening and then uh the mom comes upstairs no uh, other than having a vague idea. Right, right, right. Yeah. So the mom comes upstairs to check on her, uh, him again, and just blood is dripping everywhere. It's a gut, it's a literal nightmare, hell on earth over here. Gross scene, traumatic thing, like terrible way to find dead kid. Not that there's any good way to find a dead kid, but this one was exceptionally terrible. <laughs> yeah, because Fred kept the bones. Just kept yeah. them and just yeah. regurgitated all of the spit them out. Icon we've come to know this year. Yeah, and so that's so that's that's basically it. Nancy's got nobody left. She's it's it's her versus Fredward at this point because literally nobody else is on her side. And also at some point she inherited this uh, sh- sh- like gray streak in her hair via stress. So uh, I think it's pretty. Yeah, that was, it reminds uh, me of. Um, it reminds me of my favorite Mortal Kombat character named Serena. Not, th- it's like that's the second or third time I've brought Mortal Kombat into the mix. Well, to be fair, Freddy Krueger was a playable character in one of those oh, games. Oh, that's perfectly fine. It was dope. I lived for it. I Mortal Kombat oh, yeah. obsessed I used with Mortal to play Kombat. The shit out of um, the Mortal Kombat remake. Yeah. Still um, waiting for Ed Boon or, to I make guess, I guess, an all horror people fighting game. Oh, that would be fantastic. I agree. So many people to choose from. Right. But anyway, uh, um, Nancy. Yeah. There's sorry. also, I forget I just, if it happened, but Nancy was, uh, there's a moment where like her mom is like, all right, time to go to bed. And she's like, all right, I'll go to bed. And then like, as soon as the mom leaves, she turns on the lights and then just whips out not a cup of coffee, not a pot of coffee, but the entire goddamn a coffee pot. maker oh. plugged in and everything <laughs> from like under her bed and get some drink, some coffee. And it is the most 
power camp cunt move I've ever seen in my life. Uh-huh. It is quite gargantuan. Um, yeah. And she whips it out she, of uh, virtually nowhere. She is not fucking around whatsoever. Uh, but yeah, we're yeah. this movie is a pretty smooth, uh, typical slasher pace. So we're already in the home stretch here. It's the final showdown, and Nancy goes real fucking home alone with it. She sets up like booby traps all around the house because she's like, "I am getting this motherfucker out of my dream," and we are we're gonna play on my side of the field here. Okay. Nancy. Is yeah, and I'm I'm just thinking. Action. She is, and I like. Obviously, I've seen the movie a lot, but I'm just thinking, like, what if her mother just like gets fucking killed by one of these booby traps? Fuck and also, mother. she's dead drunk on she... the couch. Oh, that's true. Yeah, but um, yeah, she really she is like very methodical. In yes, this attempt calculated. to um, intelligent to one up Freddy, absolutely. And she she goes into the dream world and gets herself out, does as she called for, and gets Freddy out and kind of runs him through the gauntlet of the house. So we get to see all these little booby traps hit him in action in a insanely elaborate, cool amazingly pulled off fire stunt that lasted like 40 seconds that shot of freddie on fire going up the stairs getting falling down them and then re-going up them is one continuous take there are no cuts and he really did that that stuntman really put on all that jelly and did that for 40 seconds it was perfect um he I, i i'm speechless about it like I, I don't know that I've seen that happen very often um, on film. And uh, you're right. It was pretty long. Right. And it's uh, it's quite a feat, quite a feat. But what this battle ultimately culminates with is Nancy realizes not even she kind of reaches that point that I feel like a lot of iconic final girls reach where they're not even the anger overtakes the fear. She's like, I'm sick of this, man. You are killing my friends. You're, you're like, in a, you're fucking up my life so much in ways that I did not ask for in any way. And nonetheless, for shit, my bullshit ass parents did. So yeah. she's just over it. She's like, I'm not even fucking scared. She takes back all the fear, all the energy she ever gave him and straight up turns around and walks out the door. And honestly, that's on period for her because Freddie yeah. tries to get at her and he can't do it because he is too weak. You're not even a weak scared. little man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, just I, I, I feel like the uh, uh, the satisfaction of how, like how she navigates herself through this last act Um and just she's just like one step ahead of him the entire time and just like that's a 17 year old girl doing that like yeah strength man like she did it all by herself she had no help her man was no help 
Her friends were no help, but that was not their fault. They died before they could help. Her parents were no help. Yeah. The police were no help. She did that shit all herself. On and her that's why own. Nancy is such an iconic final girl. We love to see it. Heard Sydney just rocking the top tier. Swear to God. Literally. Maybe, maybe like Curtis is up there too. I suppose. Yes, of course. <laughs> and Sigourney Weaver. All right, let's not get crazy. <laughs> uh, what? Okay. <laughs> no, I love, uh, yeah, I love I mean, Sigourney Weaver too. Ripley, but on the same tier. R- <laughs> <laughs> oh, I yeah, I guess. Yeah, you're right. Uh, they, she hasn't had as long as a run as that yeah. character. Plus, it's all like personal. I I just you know we love we love these movies too much. Um, but uh, and then uh, she, there's this also really cr- interesting and wacky effect that is like oddly scary, especially when I saw this movie as like a child and didn't really like fully understand like object permanence, you know, all the way. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Do you have that at six years old? Maybe not all the way. Doesn't matter. But like you don't fully understand what you're looking at, and this crazy ass effect of like the mom's skeleton sinking into the bed with like flashing blue lights and both nancy and her father witness it and it's very odd but also kind of cool and like it's flashy in a way that i'm like nice like i don't really i don't think it's too goofy it's a little goofy but it's not like it doesn't take me out of it yeah no it and i can't and at this point i no longer know if this is real or just a dream yeah, and unfortunately, the the final scenes of this movie get a little muddy due to some interference by a producer involved. <laughs> but we're not naming names. Uh, okay, I mean that makes sense. Um, that uh, because um, I don't I don't know if this is a choice that Wes Craven Wes Craven would have made himself. Uh, I can um, tell you that Wes okay. Craven certainly did not envision a, an evil Freddy Krueger car driving away with all of the victims surviving. And he most certainly did not envision a sex doll through a window effect. <laughs> yeah. Because, uh, girl, that's um, messy. That was messy. Mm, like, come on, yeah, Shay, what? do better. <laughs> Like he really fought for that, and at what cost? <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, the the movie ends on this. an odd note, but it doesn't like ruin the movie or anything. And you know, obviously, they went on to make many sequels. Uh, and also, we see the little children jump roping to the creepy ass rhyme. You know, the one we used to sing as kids: one, two, Freddy's coming in you; three, four, I'm his whore. Hey. Yeah, that's how it went. Yeah, exactly. That's how I remember it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, inst- instant classic, instant icon, good characters, good story, good villain. What's not to like? I mean, this first one is just a really passionately crafted film that hits with a lot of people. It is. Young, old, and... um the middle of life age all across the board people are loving yeah career. and we'll continue to 
And that um, is the legacy that is a nightmare on Elm Street. I can't wait to cover the second one at some point because it's so gay. It's going to be during Pride so Month. So gay. Oh, it's, my God. It's going to be during Pride Month. You heard it here on this episode first, folks. Nightmare 2 coming in June for sure. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Do you want to see another nightmare film with Robert England returning? I've decided yes, because I, I don't need it. Like, oh my God, I need it or I'll die. But I know Heather Langenkamp is on board. Heather is full on for the requel, is on, on is game. Robert, I, it, I think it would be pretty dope to see Robert come back one more time. And I have a little bit of hope. I just recently found out that he made an appearance, appearance in The Goldbergs, which is like, a sitcom i'm pretty sure but he like fully did freddy makeup and everything so technically robert england's last appearance as freddy krueger was on the fucking goldbergs yeah i think i think i've seen that not episode but the scenes that he did for that yeah it was pretty cool um so i mean maybe that was like a way for him to be like can i do another movie like this yeah, and and oh, he definitely does. And I meeting him at cons, he he's so nice and just loves. He's I lo- I he's great. I love Robert England as a person. Any as much as I fucking stand mm-hmm. Sarah Michelle Gellar. When I was younger, I don't know if you can relate to this specifically, Blake, but COD Zombies, big part of my childhood growing up, loved to play it. And in one of the maps, oh, all Call the way of Black Duty? Ops One, yeah, Call of Duty Zombies mode, mm. all the way back in the day. Black Ops 1, they had a little map called Call of the Dead, and you could play as, it was a, there was four characters, celebrity cast, you could play as Sarah Michelle Gellar, popular via Buffy, Danny Trejo, popular via Machete, Michael Rooker, popular via The Walking Dead, and Robert England, popular via Freddy Krueger. And as much as I love Sarah Michelle Gellar, I always loved whenever the game would like randomly make me play as Freddy Krueger. I was like, yay, I get to hear all of his voice lines and everything. (laughs) Yeah, I can imagine that that was a really fun experience. I didn't know that Call of Duty got that. um, Their expansions were that. um, I don't don't know what I'm trying to say. I I just didn't realize they uh, delved into horror icons like that. they used to be. Uh, I just launched my Patreon. Go check out the Patreon. Patreon plug. Uh, and I'm going to be doing bonus episodes, a lot of which are going to be over video games. I'm definitely going to make some uh, bonus episodes over Call of Duty Zombies because it was a huge, huge part of my childhood. And in one of the more recent ones, I think the most recent one, you can play as Ghostface. Like full on Roger Jackson and everything. Oh, we'll talk more about that on the Scream 5 podcast because I have like a a story that ties into it. But anyway, anyway, back to Nightmare. Um, It's it's just it's a classic. I mean, sure, there's some CGI that doesn't hold up. Maybe it's not like the most profound storyline in the world, but this is a really well-crafted movie and uh just checks all the boxes of good filmmaking in general you know at least i would say 
Yeah. Um, I mean, it's just a really well-crafted horror film and um, a good blueprint for directors to look at if they want to make a good horror film. I mean, there's just so much to love here. It really far is. outweighs any producer decisions or like, you know, continuity errors or goofs. If you're, if you're a new horror fan and you've heard of Freddy Krueger, you've got to just check these movies out. They're worth the watch. And if you're an old Freddy Krueger fan and you've been seeing these movies, give it a rewatch because it's worth it. And if you're an extra hardcore Fred head, check out Freddy's Nightmares. It ran for two seasons. It is bonkers as fuck, but quite an enjoyable ride. May I suggest some medicinal influence safely and legally, that is, to enjoy it and enhance your experience further because it's pretty dope. And uh, it's just so cool that this villain went on to live in... Like, Freddy Krueger was such a like pop culture icon that I remember being like 10, 11, maybe 12 years old, like the max and going on like flash game websites, like y8.com and like freegames.com and shit like that. And playing like escape the room games, you know, before it was like an actual experience you could go just like do and like go to a building and do back when it was just an online flash game. I would and I specifically remember one I loved was Escape Freddy Krueger's house and it was like a very poorly drawn flash game but it was all Freddy Krueger themed and I lived yeah I definitely had a similar experience um did not find that game but I can imagine it was very enjoyable um yeah and, and, and I love mean, those he's, poorly fan main games on the internet it's it's incredible. It's got you know. There's it's it's got its own Nintendo fucking SNES game back in the day, or original Nintendo game back in the day. He's in Dead by Daylight. It's uh he was one of the first licensed. He was like the second license, second or third licensed character to come to that game. So I always thought that was pretty cool. It's based off the remake, but still cool that we get Frederick in there. <laughs> Okay, I say something positive yeah. about the remake. Twenty twenty three is all about positivity. I will say something positive. Kyle Gellner is in it, and he slaps. Um, I think those that have listened to any episodes I've been on know that I have an appreciation for bad films. I don't know if that one's a bad one. I actually, <laughs> I dig it. Um, I think Katie. I love it. Katie, live your truth, honestly. Honestly, I, yes, um, queen of the early two thousands. Never forget and rising I, like, star. Such a good, such a good, good um, casting for the Tina role, right? Like, uh, um, yes. like very much of the same type that um, Amanda West was. Um, and yeah, uh, I suppose. I mean, I just well, yeah. Sorry, she's blonde. <laughs> um, but. Uh, yeah, and I just think of, like, all the stars that were circulating the horror films of that era, and um, they're, most of them are there. And, yeah, uh, I'd have to watch it again to stand more firmly on the position I'm taking right now. But I guess, you know what, I also haven't seen it in a long time, so I may rewatch it 
at some point and be like, okay, I guess it's not that bad. But as of where I stand right now, it's that bad. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I do think like Jackie Earl Haley was he pretty is, menacing. He, he did, he did do Freddy justice. He did not. He, that man did not by any means do the character of Freddy Krueger injustice. The writing making him a child sex predator that's a different story but jackie early jackie earl haley's performance was period (laughs) yeah but yeah that is a nightmare on elm street the 1984 classic that really i mean like i've said over and over pop culture icon uh marketing mogul of horror he, i mean this man being freddy krueger the character was like on talk shows and shit <laughs> like that's how mainstream he got everybody yeah. was dying for freddy not to mention that this movie pioneered the move the movie studio that is quite popular today and has been new line cinema and thus has the tagline or nickname whatever you want to call it the house that freddy built because this move, this movie, and by extension, Wes Craven built this built this studio. They this was a low budget movie that wrangled in tons of money. Word of mouth. It was the after school special of the season. Everybody was dying for Freddy. Hence sequel. Hence sequel after sequel. Hence bad sequels because the studio runs out of ideas and people have creative control has shifted. Wes is out the door, long <laughs> gone. Doesn't matter. We're not here to talk about the sequels. That's a nightmare on Elm Street. And that is the end of our podcast. I mean, I don't really have anything else uh, to say on it. I mean, that hasn't already been said in some capacity on this podcast or just in the general zeitgeist of the internet. This is just a movie that deserves all the praise and it's, it's one of my faves. So I thought I'd, you know, get on the mic, tell a little personal story about Freddie and how he impacted me. And now he forever lives on my right bicep. Well, I enjoyed talking about it with you so much. I loved your personal anecdote. And, of course. Um, uh, thank you for yeah, coming on. I always look forward to yeah, I always look forward to talking with you. It's always fun to have you on. We just we we have good conversation. I like it. I like it. Uh where good time, can man. where can my creamies find you, my lovely little listeners? Um, I'm on Instagram as Baity B A T four E's Y. And then on Twitter, um, I'm at B U H L four A's K E. Period. Hell yeah. And you all know where to find me if you want to follow me on Instagram or Twitter for my drag. It's at Queen Cream. Uh, Instagram is Queen underscore Cream. Uh, and follow the podcast Twitter at D-O-T-D underscore podcast. Every Friday, announce what the upcoming movie is going to be. So that way, you, you know, have some time to see it, get it in your consciousness. And then on Monday, when the episode drops, I'll let you know and you'll be prepared for it. 
And just recently, I dropped and opened up a Patreon. So if you want to come support me a little extra money Queen Cream's way to the Debate of the Dead podcast, check out the Patreon. Uh, I believe it's, you know, it'll be linked all over this episode. And I think if you just type in Queen Cream parentheses Debate of the Dead, I'll pop right up. And uh, yeah, a couple of different tiers with some goodies, bonus episodes, Discord. And if you want to be a special, special supporter, you can even get yourself a seat on the show and we can talk about some horror movies. So check out the Patreon. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. This is such a fun time as always. And I'm already excited to record another episode for next week. So until then... We will see you next time. Bye-bye.